Hello and welcome to episode 673 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Monday, April 15th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, and I am joined by Justin Mason. Justin, what's going on? Oh, just another beautiful Patriots Day for me to complain about. <laughs> it is Jackie Robinson Day, though, too. It so is, which is I awesome. I got a positive there. I'm rocking my, uh, my, my jersey, my T-shirt jersey for Jackie Robinson. Nice little Brooklyn one. And uh, it is a little bit confusing, though. If you want to complain, I guess you could add complaint to it because, you know, you're watching Baltimore, Boston. Mm. I don't know who the hell anybody is on Baltimore. Come on. Make exceptions. Put their names on there. Keep the 42. Put their names with it, please. It is the most confusing day. Yeah, I don't know of, who the hell of the guys season. Are. Like, and it's funny because I uh, I was talking to my brother-in-law who is and he's a Giants fan, but he's not like he's not like waist deep in this stuff. Like, you sure. know, like many of our listeners are. Uh, and you know, talking to him about like it's so funny how ma- how bad Major League Baseball is at marketing their own players. Like I told him like like he he knows who Mike Trout is, but if I put a lineup up for him, like he couldn't pick Mike Trout out of a lineup of like five guys. And like how does that happen? Like like how does the NFL market their guys so much better that uh they're wearing helmets the entire game, but yeah. You you could pick them out of lineups, uh but you couldn't, you know, the average fan couldn't pick you know the best player and so a day like today when everybody's wearing the same number really screws with people because yeah, it's like their marketing policy in action yeah it's, it, it just, yeah for the proof that they have no idea what they're doing it's uh it, it is bad and it that continues to be one of the biggest problem areas of of the league for sure and, and they've got a lot of things that they need to work on but that's definitely part of it uh we're going to talk some transactions a few transactions at the front then of course dive into the uh weekly waiver pickups and kind of see what you did in your leagues there and uh if you got any of the big names and and what's going on there talk about what the outlook looks like for these guys but let's start with a few moves or or, uh under the idea of notable transactions also we usually put some performances here so we are going to start with some performances before we get to some send downs and injury list Corey Kluber and Carlos Carrasco just absolutely decimated this weekend specifically. That really highlighted it, but neither pitching particularly well this season. And yes, it is April 15th. I know you and I spoke about having a little bit of reservation about Kluber this year. We ended up moving him down kind of live on a show. Carrasco didn't really carry the same sort of concerns for me. He is somebody that I've always seen as a number two, though. Or, or at least like a fringe fantasy ace because he seems to always have a few of these blow-ups that kind of keep him in that mid-threes area. But now both, Kluber with a 616 ERA and 184 whip, Carrasco with a 1260 and 250 whip, they've both been brutal. What's your outlook on them the rest of the season? And what are you doing about either if you're trying to make a move? Ooh, I don't think if I'm owning, if I own them, like I'm, I'm making a move. I, I think you just ride it out and hope for the best. Uh, I'm a bit more concerned about Carrasco than I am Kluber. Okay, why is that? I, which I think most people would probably go the other way. Yeah. Just because Kluber has done this before, it feels like every year we were burying uh, Corey Kluber in uh, <laughs> in April or May. Sure, 
Sure. And, and then all of a sudden, he turns it around. He's fine. Uh, he's the Corey Kluber we've always known. Now, at, at some point, obviously, I think the bottom is going to fall out on him. And that's the reason I kind of stayed away and pushed him down my draft board. But I still ranked him this week as a top 10 pitcher. I think part of that is who the heck else are you going to rank? <laughs> it's hard. It's it's not easy right now. That's, no, that's it for is damn rough. sure. Like, uh uh, our, our boy Yancey Eaton was asking uh, our boy Nick Pollock uh, on Twitter, like, where, where's uh, where's Blake Snell gonna rank on your uh, on the list? Where, where's he gonna be on the list? Um, and yeah, and I kind of like just like took a screenshot of my top seventy-five, which is my top. I think it was my top seven or eight pitchers. Uh, I think it was my top eight pitchers, and I and I kind of posted it there. Uh, and, uh, and it, you know, it had Blake Snell at six, uh, but Kluber was nine, uh, and I have Carrasco nice. all the way down at 19 right now. Okay. I, I think I can get behind, um, all of those rankings. Uh, we're actually going to be talking starting pitchers on uh, new starting pitcher rankings on Thursday's episode as our mind will be uh, ready to go and you do yours weekly. So that, that'll be a fun talk because it's a, it's a brutal landscape right now. There's there's no two ways around it. You know, the one I'm going to cry about all week and, and complain is uh, Zach Eflin, man. I mean, he couldn't have looked better in the first two starts. Gets the setup going into Miami and just gets freaking trounced. That is just so frustrating, dude. Mm-hmm. It's just so, so annoying. But that um, is, so yeah, that, that's I, the landscape right now of starting pitching yeah. is – Especially with the juiced balls, because I mean, obviously there's something going on with the balls that, you know, maybe it's the same thing that would happen in 2017. Maybe they're using that batch or this is something new. Uh, but it is there's there's a, so much hard contact happening. And and really what's interesting to me is like the barrel percentages, seeing those trends. And so right now it's like. You're gonna hear this on like every podcast. Well, his exit velocity's up, his barrel percentages like that's up for everybody. The people you should be concerned about are the ones that aren't. Like that's like yeah. screaming red flags when you see like Chris Bryant's is down his hard contact, uh, and his exit velocity's down. Like when you see stuff like that, like that's when I start freaking out. But right now, it's so hard to gauge like what's important in terms of the Statcast data and what's not. I totally agree, and it's just it's just been tough. So as far as Kluber and Carrasco go, you really just have to keep running them out. I, I doubt anyone has the luxury to sit them. Um, you, you drafted them high. I can't. And here's the thing, too. They are still missing bats. You know, it's not like there's nothing going right. They've each had good starts within their their trio of uh, uh, of starts that give them the bad ERAs. Uh, it's actually been four starts now for Kluber. It's actually been two and two. Two great, two awful. And uh, for the three for Carrasco, it's been two brutal and two good, or and one one um, decent or even good, I would say. But that's how bad the other two have been because he has a 12, what is it, 12, what did I say, 12, 60 ERA. <laughs> well, so, yeah, yeah, he gave up what, uh, like, Six runs Six in, in, in two thirds of an yeah yeah, yeah. I I put together a fire DFS lineup that day, except with for 
yeah, he was he was one of my pitchers. I had, no joke would have won a ton of money um, had I had I used like literally a dead spot at KC. Like that's the yeah. thing. It's like at KC. It's it's you know it's even worse than the Eflin thing because Carrasco's got uh, pelts on the wall as being a great mm-hmm. pitcher. So it's it's very frustrating for me. It's uh, uh, like let's watch the velocity on Carrasco. Sure. Because in that Toronto start where he, you know, struck out 12 and was pretty good, uh, it, average fastball velocity, 93.5. Other two starts, 92, and this most recent one was 91.5. Okay, yeah, that's so, definitely worth keeping an eye on Just gotta, gotta, uh, with Carlos Velasco. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to watch that velocity and, and see uh, what's, you know, what's going on that. Right now he's just – he's – just being given up a ton of contact and it's it's a ton of hard contact so uh we'll we'll see kind of how that goes but i i'm not i'm not selling if anything nope. i might actively seek out buying kluber i think you can get a real discount on both mm-hmm. and if, if you can't then don't do it but but i think inquire about a real discount uh, let's talk about a couple send downs and they're not necessarily you know game shifting ones but they were you know decent names that that uh Contingents of people definitely liked, particularly Lourdes Gurriel Jr. on Toronto. But then Sean Newcomb, you know, I was fully out on him, so that one doesn't surprise me. I don't want to talk about Newcomb's replacement yet because he's coming up later. We'll give him some mm-hmm. shine. But uh, and, and Gurriel's, I think, was like Eric Sogard. So the replacements <laughs> don't really matter as far as the team backfill. But my question to you is, in the, in the deeper leagues where you would have had Gurriel Jr. and Newcomb, are you just cutting them now that they're sent down? And what is your rest of season outlook on Gary, uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and Sean Newcomb? Yeah, I'm I'm cutting both. Uh, I wasn't a big Gurriel fan to begin with. I know he got a lot of pub because of that small sample uh, last year where he was pretty darn good. Uh, it was 263 plate appearances, uh, hit 281, hit 11 home runs, stole a base. And people were like, well, he's going to have full-time playing time. So, you know, he should be able to hit 20-plus home runs. And I just never thought he projected to be that kind of player. I think the Blue Jays were in a situation where he was he was prob- he's probably a utility guy playing out of position mm-hmm. uh, in terms of getting full-time playing time. At um, that second, yeah. And I think he probably he's obviously not as bad as he showed but i think he may have gotten overexposed a little bit and now he'll go back to triple a and by the time he gets back uh hopefully vlad jr i don't know if you saw i think it was cut for tweeted out like uh like a whole thing about like oh look we're 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 bringing someone up from uh uh, from AAA, it's you know, and like someone opens up it's a present Eric thinking Sogard. it's yeah, thinking it's Vlad, and it's a picture yeah. of Eric Sogard. So, <laughs> uh, it, it was, it was like pretty it. awesome. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think I think this is the last we hear from Guriel in terms of uh, him being a real viable fantasy commodity in like twelve oh, wow. team okay. leagues or, or shallower. I'm, you know, he could turn into like a, uh, I mean, obviously different profile, but a guy who's like Hernan Perez, or who he's going to play all over, and so he's going to okay. have some deeper mixed appeal because he can fill, he'll be able to fill in in a bunch of spots for you as he gains eligibilities. But with Galvis on that team, once Vlad comes up, they're going to have a bunch of different guys 
kind of rotating in at second between Brandon Drury uh, and, I mean, Devon Travis. I think his corpse is still floating around there somewhere. Alan Hansen. Yeah, The, Alan the Hansen. aforementioned Sogard, if he sticks around. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're right, because um, Drury's at third right now, and although he's not really performing um, – I think he, he obviously has a longer leash than than Guriel because he didn't get sent down for jury. So, yeah, I was a little, you know, I was a little surprised that they sent him down. Didn't let him work through it uh, because jury himself does have an option. You know, he could have sent him down. He's actually been worse. But you know, there's th- things internally that teams know, and maybe they just thought he really need uh, Guriel Jr. really needed to clear his head, and so the send down was going to be the best move for him. Plus, I, uh, a guy like that. I mean, Drury is what he is at this point. I think. And yeah, sending him down probably doesn't. Yeah, Guriel do needs full time at bats, and he'll get that at AAA. Yes. Whereas he, if they tried to let him work it out, it'd probably be, you know, three or four days a week. And is he really getting much from that? So, no. uh, and we have to remember he took a long time off in between coming from Cuba uh, to the U.S. because of visa issues. So exactly, like he's still pretty raw, even though he's twenty five. Uh, and then Sean Newcomb. Usually the implosion been, comes at the end of the year. I couldn't have been less interested, honestly. Like I, I just, I just wasn't really interested in in what he had going. That said, I I thought that he would kind of linger. Um, wrongfully, I, I I didn't think that they should have done it, but I thought that he might linger in the rotation. And uh, you know, they decided, you know what. No, we have too much good young pitching. Good, good on them, by the way, and not just let because you can't give away games. This division's too tight. That's why you know. Well, they started other off so too, rough. Well, yeah, but you know, for other reasons too, as far as Pete Alonso, Pete Alonso goes. But it was the right move with him, pretty much no matter what, because of his age and getting the extra year. But but just because if you th- thought that he could help win a game, an extra game there. That could be the difference. Like it's that it's that scant, that tight in the AL East. So, or excuse me, NL East. So they can't afford to just let uh, Sean Newcomb kind of figure it out on the fly. And like I said, we'll get deeper into the situation on his backup here in just a bit when we talk about uh, uh, pickups. But yeah, he's gone. You're cutting him with ease, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. I might have picked him up in a best ball league because when he's on. He's really good, uh, but his problem is he just falls apart at the end of the season. And so f- to see him fall apart at the beginning, uh, yeah, I want nothing to do with him. It just it, he'll find himself as a reliever. I I, I believe that. Oh, I'm I, sure. I I mean, he'll be a nice little lefty setup guy at some point. Yeah, and not necessarily this year. I'm not saying that they're shifting him to that, but I think that Sean Newcomb. You know, whether it's next year when he's 27 or 28 after a few years, I'll be like, man, remember when he, had, he was pretty good in 2018, but he just hasn't found it again. They're, they're moving him to the bullpen full time, and I could see him being solid there and just kind of do the, you know, 60 pitch thing and, and figure it out that way. 60 anything? Uh, uh, I meant, yeah. Uh, what did I say? 60 pitch? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 60 pitches in the season. They're going <laughs> to space those out. <laughs> just get, just give them those sixty pitches. Yeah, I'm an idiot. Um, but yeah, I think that that's what we're they're eventually going to figure it out with uh, with Sean Newcomb. Let's stay with the Braves though. Uh, huge shock. Rodas Vizcaino to the IL. Mm-hmm. Um, the dude just 
you know, you just can't stay healthy. And it's uh, it's unfortunate. I obviously I took a shot there. I'm not trying to be a jerk about it, but it's just it's so unsurprising because he regularly does get hurt. And um, this does open the door for AJ Minter, though. And I think Minter's going to have some availability in some leagues, you know, because when he came up or, you know, when he jumped off the IL himself, which is where he started the season. Vizcaino was there and, and thought to have the job. So I think you need to go check your waiver wires in some of your shallower leagues where you might need saves because I think Minter will be the guy and he could he could take and run with it. Now he hasn't been sparkling in his four innings, but it's been four innings, so I'm not really making anything of it. Um, he had two walks in his first outing. He only has one since. So it looks like a giant walk rate, but it's just too small a sample. So I'm going to go out and try to get Minter where I can. I think he could hold this even as Vizcaino gets healthy. What do you think of Vizcaino to the DL and or IL and uh, Minter uh, grabbing the job, at least temporarily? I'm really worried about Vizcaino. Uh, obviously, because Minter was struggling with health in spring training, I think people invested maybe too much in, in Vizcaino. Uh, and, yeah. and the fact that the, the Braves just as an organization has really stuck by him for no apparent reason. Uh, <laughs> I mean, obviously, he's good when when uh, when things are going well, but uh, he was going ahead of other guys with the job. Uh, and we knew that he would be at, at best probably splitting time uh, with Minter once Minter was healthy. And the real red flag was when they would not let him pitch on back to back days. Yeah, like they just—they they, they were already protecting it, uh-huh. like pre-protecting Vizcaino, and it just—it's yeah. just not working. It seemed like they were just waiting for Minter to get healthy so they could put Vizcaino on the on the IL. So, uh, hopefully, this is just a short-term issue. But I mean, this is a guy with a long injury history. Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. Uh, in in terms of Minter, he's coming off his own injury, like I said. Uh, and so I'm interested to see if his health holds up. Uh, I, I haven't seen him pitch since he got uh, since he's gotten called up, but yeah, I haven't either. Uh, he, uh, I guess the walks really just came in in two outings. So he said, yeah, yeah. And like the the first outing, he had two walks, so mm-hmm. it, it's four innings. So looking at his rates is is, is tough for Minter. I I, mm-hmm. I really don't want to go too hard on that. He is somebody, you know. He definitely does better against lefties as a lefty himself for Minter, but it's not something that is so egregious that he can't be the closer and and face a a righty lefty combo. And because uh, they've got venters, they don't necessarily need to bingo uh, and Jesse Biddle. So they don't. Who knows how long Venters is healthy for? Yeah, but, but they don't need to hold him. Mm-hmm. They don't need to hold Minter for that key lefty or use him in the seventh inning against the key lefty. They can kind of hold him for the. Uh, for the ninth inning. So and I don't know that there's anybody on that team that they would even like, I'm looking at the other righties uh, on the team. No. Like there's no one there that uh, they would want him to split time with, you know, would be the right solution for them. Go sign Craig Krimble. I mean, they've Please. been talking, they've Please. been flirting. They obviously have a previous relationship. This Get is obvi- this is obviously Kimbrel, right? I mean, this is not at this point. We it would have be to, such a fit, man. It's just is he Pony just up. is he just still asking for five hundred? Is that the I issue? think at some point, at some point, both these guys are probably asking for too much because there's no way they're not getting any offers. 
Yeah, like, I they're, just they're getting they're getting it. something, and the fact that both he and Keiko are Kimbrel and Keiko are unsigned is is just wild. But that this is a perfect fit now, even more so than it'd be great uh, for my Tout NL team. Yeah, even more so than Milwaukee, which looked like a great fit when uh, when Kniebel went down. I think even this one's better because or the Nationals. It's just it's a shaky bullpen. Now they have all that young pitching that they could start to. I even mentioned Newcomb himself, but they could start to filter some mm-hmm. of that pitching in there. You know, a Bryce Wilson, a Luis Gohara, a uh, a Cal Wright. Oh, Gohara would be a nasty closer. Yeah, or even the guy that we're going to talk about yeah. shortly if He'd he if he doesn't work out as a starter. So they've got a lot of options there, but that that shouldn't preclude them from Kimbrel, in my opinion. I think they should still be open to Kimbrel. And they could strengthen their bullpen because we saw what Milwaukee did last year. Having you know five, six good bullpen options is a good thing, and you need at least three or four. And they don't have that right now in uh, Atlanta. Uh, Rudnett Odor with the uh, went to the IL with a knee. By the way, I didn't mention that for Vizcano it was a shoulder, but uh, Odor goes with a knee. And yeah, I think you were kind of first on, or not you know not necessarily first, but certainly talked about it on this show a lot. That that offense is pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty solid little offense, top to bottom. You don't necessarily want to mess with it uh, when you're when you're streaming and everything. Just because they're a bad team doesn't mean they're a bad offense. Now, Odor had been terrible. Um, huge surprise. Guys, keep keep buying in on him. Have fun with that. I just can't get sold on this guy. I know he had a great finish last year. I'm not taking a win here on 47 fight appearances. But the volatility is what frustrates me. I get an, I, I, I eat enough tums from my pitching. I don't need, I don't need to bring that into my hitting landscape too. And so that that's part of the reason that I I do generally lay off on Odor. But you know he is 25 too, so I'm not going to say that that he's toast or anything. But he's going to be on the IL for a bit with the knee. It's looking like um, Danny Santana is is on the roster in his in his stead right now. I wonder if this opens up some time for Isaiah Kiner Falefa. Which would be interesting because of uh, his catcher eligibility, and there's few things better in a two-catcher league than a non-catching catcher. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want them behind the dish, and if they're playing, that can be fantastic. Does Danny Santana? Oh, Luke uh, Logan Forsythe should get some playing time too, but Danny Santana took the roster spot. What are you doing with the Odor situation here? And uh, is Forsythe, Kiner Falefa, or Santana anybody that interests you? I mean, the the Odor situation really hurts me because guess where I have Rugged Odor? The main event. The main event. Yay! Dude, are you kidding me? <laughs> it's just so bad. Uh, though, I, big shout out to our, our friend Rudy Gamble. I don't know if you've seen his TGFBI team. Yep, he's right there with you. Wait, is it his TGFBI or his labor mixed? No, it's his TGFBI team. Oh, okay. Uh, it literally has lost six of his first seven picks. Oh, my God. And it's, at, you know, NFBC this year, so there's no DL. That's the thing, yeah. it's, it's <laughs> So he's right there with you in terms of the uh, the, the brutality oh. of just having to eat up your, your reserve roster so there. So brutal. So yeah, I mean, you know, he, uh, we know Odor fits your your style of mm-hmm. punting, batting average, and going for the power speed skills. Like I said, brilliant finish to the second to, in the second half last year. Is Forsyth you're going to go for Forsyth in like mixed leagues? He's, he's had some mixed league viability in the past, or are you going to go off 
this and, and find something else. I guess Forsyth is, I, I don't think I want any of these solutions in a mixed league. Yeah, except for maybe Kinder Falefa as a C2. Yeah. To get more playing time. I mean, he, he's catching a lot, so you might not even get that much. Now that I'm looking at it, I didn't, I guess he is. Well, it's a dead split. It's actually seven and seven with Mathis because Mathis's defense is so yeah. good. He's he just so gets good to framing. playing. This was me in high school. I, 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 I've talked about it before. Like, if I, if I, if I could have found a team that wanted a defense only catcher, could have, I could have been a stud. Not, not a lot of seven I, foot catchers out there. Though. Well, no, I wasn't. I wasn't super tall. <laughs> okay. by, the, by the time I was, that's probably why I didn't become a pitcher or anything. Because I hit the growth spurt um, a year after I stopped playing baseball. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't. I could have been. I could have been Joe Mauer back there. I think. I mean, Forsyth obviously, if he's not already owned in your AL only, he's interesting there. Sure. What about uh, Danny Santana and Nail only? I any, think any I'd be more interested in Patrick Wisdom, who will probably carry yeah. this the back half of that platoon. Okay. Uh, because they can move uh, uh, Estrubel over to second and play uh, and play Wisdom at third, and he was kind of a trendy name before Cabrera signed. He's got big power, right? Mm-hmm. Coming out of the St. Louis system, didn't he have a neat, decent spring too? Yeah, uh, and then he got buried. Oh my God! So I just yeah. pulled up looking for Scythe's stat cast numbers. Uh, it's it, all blue. It's uh, his exit velocity is uh, his exit velocity is in like the bottom six percent of the league. Yikes! Yeah, it's been a whole minute since he's been mixed league viable. Like uh, I had such three, high four years, him. perhaps. Uh, oh yeah, me too. I remember uh, Colette and I used to take him in labor mixed all the time. So, uh, yeah, I think. I think it's probably going to be a hodgepodge of guys, and okay. maybe maybe wisdom is the one that has the chance at really breaking out. I haven't even seen what a timetable on Odor you know what looks like, and I, I've been kind of searching around while we're talking. And I, I haven't seen any sort of uh, any sort of timetable. I haven't either, but you know what? Your wisdom call may be showing some wisdom indeed, because. Ron Guzman went on the IL as well. So Wisdom could become a full-timer, bouncing between first and third, depending on you know who's starting. And then, oh, sorry, just hit the mic there. And then as Drupal could be bouncing around, you know, to, to keep him in the lineup pretty regularly there. Um, I, I totally forgot about Guzman there. So Guzman and Odor go down. Wisdom and Forsyth are both going to play a ton. I agree with you. I'd, I'd prefer Wisdom between the two uh, for some punch. 15 team mix would be the the best I could do on wisdom. I'm not really chasing him in my 12 teamer unless he starts to uh, Vogel Bach it up or something. But uh, yeah, that, that that's an interesting play there, and I, I can't find a timetable either. So if we get anything on that by Thursday, we'll uh, we'll update that. But right now, uh, Rugnetto door down with a knee timetable, un, uh, indefinite. I almost said unlimited. I guess it is unlimited right now, but uh, we'll see what happens there. Let's move into pickups. And speaking of Vogelbach, he was still a big one. He was not picked up in every league. In fact, uh, I bring this up specifically because in my league he was available. But in 244 main event leagues, he was uh, – wow. or actually, hang on. I think that's let – me, let me take a look here. Yes, that's 244 NFBC leagues. Yeah. Not necessarily main event leagues. Yeah, because that includes 244 
Yeah, I don't think there's 244 main event leagues. Oh, yeah, let me see. Yeah, that'd be 3,660 yeah, teams. I'm stupid. No. It was nine main event teams, including your boys. Mm-hmm. Um, and your boy got him. Mm-hmm. I got Dan Vol. Now, he went for a high in these nine main events of 444. Care to lobby a guess as to what I paid? 123. I, w- I wish it was that much, but it, it, we're not quite not quite that low. 188. Yeah, D- right. damn, damn near optimized, though. 176 runner-up. So you're a believer that he's going to hold on to that playing time. I'm a believer in my team really needed power, and this guy, <laughs> this guy's been a hitter. Um, you know, it really you, you was. You know, you don't get to keep those ones. He's already I don't hit. get the ones that he's already okay. hit. I understand that, but I don't think it's a stone cold fluke. Obviously, six in in twelve games, that rate is. But can he hit me twenty more the rest of the year? I yeah. I think he can. Yeah, and so you know, I t- I talked about getting Christian Walker and calling him this year's Jesus Aguilar. Vogelbach might even be a better uh, analog for for that. Although I have Walker on this team too, so I'm just really dying to get this year's Jesus Aguilar. Apparently, I'm trying to will it into existence. You mentioned the playing time, a very valid concern because he really is only a a DH Vogelbach, um, and they have Bruce and Edwin Encarnacion. That uh, that are kind of taking up the first base DH spots. Bruce was a little bit nicked up, which earned Vogelbach some time. I think it's one of those things that kind of figures itself out, though. Encarnacion's 36 years old. Uh, Bruce nicked up 32 himself. Not not to mention they've found times to play all three together. Like, and they'll they'll sit one of the outfielders. Um, and so I'm kind of intrigued by that. They let Hanniger play. Center, Bruce was in right, Edwin at first, and Vogelbach DHing. And so even with Bruce back and playing, the last three games has seen all three of them playing. Well, it's funny how they've gone from an organization that was so bad defensively in the outfield, and then they they made a point of addressing it and yes. becoming a very good defensive outfield last year. And now they're just like, yeah, screw it. Who cares about defense? Outfield defense is stupid. Nobody hits in the outfield. They either hit it out or right. they don't hit it. Well, they're like, so, see these juice balls? So the ball is just going to carry. So Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, so I took, I took that shot there. Um, I didn't want to get too crazy. I thought, you know what? If I can get him at this price, I'll take it for Vogelbach. I'm not going to pay some. What was the second you know, highest bid? 176. Oh, so you nailed that. So yeah, uh, that's yeah, that's a great buy. Uh, I wish I had gotten more shares of Vogelbach uh, because I do think that one, they're obviously making an effort to get him in the lineup on a regular basis uh, right now, and uh, Depoto will make a trade. I, I, that's Jay, true too. As soon as this team falls out of it, which I think we all expect them. To fall fall behind the Astros at some point, well, their pitching uh, just isn't good. No, their pitching's awful. Their bullpen is awful. Uh, their lineup is it's it's very interesting, and I think it's it could carry them a little ways. But I think at the end of the day, their their pitching is gonna is gonna fail them. So especially totally with how Kikuchi is struggling in mm-hmm. his his adjustment, I think we all thought he was going to. Uh, be a little bit more stable than he's been so thus far. So, 
Um, obviously, that can you know it's he's only been, four starts and yeah, he's been he's starts. been all right though. I mean, you know, I the last few starts he has not looked good. We'll kind of see what they do, and obviously he's going to be an opener probably in his next start. It's it's at one every five or six starts for Kikuchi, but uh, yeah. So I still think the offense is and. I've never been a huge Vogelbach guy because I feel like people are just freak out and like kind of will him into, you know, just stop trying to make Vogelbach a thing. But <laughs> he's becoming a thing. So, I, you know, I'm not going to just ignore it in the face of him getting playing time and beasting. And you look at the minor league track record. It is exquisite. Like he I mean, he's been amazing in the minors. The dude can hit a baseball. And so I think your your point is most valid there about a trade, too. Edwin or Bruce is going to go somewhere to clear the spot or maybe even somebody better. Um, you know, I don't know if they would necessarily trade one of the three outfielders that they're running primarily Santana, Hanniger and, and Malix, but think, yeah, they, they shouldn't. That. But, uh, well, unless you can get like a real mint for Hanniger cause he has 28. Is he really going to be part of their next great team? I mean, I think they're trying to do more of a reload than a, a rebuild. I agree. So, I agree. That's, that's why they haven't torn it down. You're right. But the whole thing about the Mariners is, like, at least is currently constructed, is uh, Malik Smith has injury history, Hanager has injury history, Bruce has injury history, uh, Edwin's as old as dirt as much as we love him. Uh, Tim Beckham should turn back into a pumpkin uh, here any minute now. Uh, you shut up. You shut up. You shut up. <laughs> uh, shut so, up. like... I, I if I'm Topoto, I'm trying to sell these assets as soon as I can. Yeah, uh, without without seemingly like, uh, holy crap, Mike Leake's only 31. Um, yeah, I mean he broke in quickly. Not that he was super young because he was a college guy, but he broke in like instantly, and uh, has just been grinding. He'll probably be around the league for like another six, seven years. Just yeah. like even, even Swarzak needs to be moved before he breaks down again. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, so they'll they'll make moves. I think Vogelbach. Uh, was he available in either your TGFBI or your main? He was not. Uh, let's see. I've got my main up right here. Uh, he did not go in that, and I'm assuming he was gone in my TGFBI uh, as well. Yeah, he he was gone in both of those. Okay. Uh, well, then let's move on to the next guy. Maybe he was available in your league. Hunter Dozier is um, somebody who went uh, pretty high or in, in a lot of leagues here. He went in 31 main events. Only one guy went in more main events this week as far as an ad, and we'll get to him when we talk pitchers. Um, a max of 150 for Hunter Dozier. I like this setup, by the way. You can really go see how everybody went. Uh, one f- Now, it was not an optimized bid. None of these triple-digit Hunter Dozier bids were optimized. 150, 127, 123, 120, 105. <laughs> the highest secondary bid was 48. Ouch. The people were going crazy on Hunter Dozier, and it was it was unnecessary. Hunter Dozier is somebody I've been I've, I've been trying to will into existence. I'm making fun of people for trying to make uh, make Vogelbach a thing. I've been trying to make Hunter Dozier a thing. I only put 29 on him. Uh, he was a a fourth or fifth bid type of guy for uh, Derek Dietrich, which is who I cut for Vogelbach. So I didn't get him once I got my main guy. I do kind of like him, though. Full playing time, punch, and a little bit of speed. And so I'm fine with being interested in him. You could have never gotten me to do a triple-digit bid, though. 
and and so that's that's where I think that it was just a little bit aggressive there. But I am intrigued by Dozier. He had a big, I think he had a big week. Like a, all three of his homers, or at least two of the three that he has this year, went uh, in the last couple of days. And so that's what earned him some some hype. Four multi-hit games in a row. Yeah, his last five games, Hunter Dozier. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about about how quickly things change. By the way, he goes from on you know April 9th. We'd have said, oh, he's been absolute trash just cut him 111 219 222 then he hits 500 for five days and he's at 277 352 489 that's why you're full of shit with your hot start cold start thing like it <laughs> it it's still garbage to do it mm-hmm. it flips on a dime still and I'm it not will saying, for a little while too so people... exactly it still will and it could for him for hundred dozier he could have five games back the other way and be right back to hitting you know 164 or something it won't it won't I, I, i'm in i'm in too I'm in too. So talk to me about Hunter Dozier and what you like about him and, and what you think he could do this year um, as far as being uh, a mixed league viable player. Well, uh, I am not a big fan of the color red in spite of being a Redskins fan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering where this is going. I'm really excited here. Go ahead. Except when I'm on someone's baseball oh, savant okay. page. Yes. And you look at his exit velocity, which is in the 92nd percentile, his sprint seed, which is in 74th percentile, his X batting average in the 84th percentile, his hard per, uh, hit percentage in the 73rd percentile, his uh, X WOBA in the 91st percentile, and his X slugging in the 91st percentile. Dozier smacks. Look, he's in the top 10% of pretty much every stat cast mm-hmm. uh, stat. So... Uh, and his barrel percentage is almost two percent above league average, or sorry, uh, oh. I'm sorry, uh, not not two percent, uh, almost six percent or over six percent above league average. Dang, um, he is hitting the ball hard. He is uh, hitting the ball uh, with great contact, uh, and I have been kind of pumping him in DFS a bunch. Yeah, uh, because he's been so cheap. He's not going to be cheap for very long. And I think if people are in your leagues, have him and are looking to sell high, go buy high right now. Because I think Dozier's elevating too. Mm-hmm. Uh, ten point percentage point boost in his fly ball rate from uh, up to forty six percent to go with the fact that he's pulling and smacks the ball already. So that's that you know he's starting to get some lift on the ball and and just absolutely crushing. Strikeouts are down. And we are getting near the point where at least it starts. There's some stabilization to it, meaning, you know, at at 60 plate appearances, it, there's some realness to it. Again, it can it can still flip on a dime too. He can have an 0 for five with four strikeouts, and all of a sudden he's back up to for like sure. you know, five percent. But he's at 17 percent right now, which is a career best through 54 plate appearances. And I think one of the big things there is that he's not chasing. And that is a substantial gain from a 36% career down to 22% so far. So there's some tangible changes to what we're seeing out of Hunter Dozier here with as little data as we have to go off of. I would be curious to go back and look on April 9th when he did have those terrible numbers. Were those skills kind of sitting there like, hey, he isn't chasing. Things are going to start to click if he just keeps keeps this approach. And then all of a sudden he he goes on a tear. But I'm with you. I buy. I think he could feasibly go 2010. Yeah, I think it's, he could too. I mean, he's on, he's on a team. Run. Yeah, he's on a team who's going to let him run because they let everybody run. 
and uh, it's not like he's going. It's not like there's a ton of talent on that roster to take away playing time from him. Yep. So I, I totally agree, and there, there there shouldn't be. And he was a former big prospect, and um, mm-hmm. you know, just a guy I who's been kind of forget that he was a big prospect. Yeah. He, and so he's definitely post hype, but he was a top 100 guy for a couple years. Of course, he's 27 now, so you know he's fallen off the list. He's been an afterthought. But you mentioned Hunter Dozier's major power numbers, and uh, I think the speed is a little bit sneaky. I'm not sure everyone realizes that he, he can run a, run a good mm-hmm. bit. Uh, he's a little bit slower this year than he was last year, 28.6 down to uh, – he's at 27.8. But even that, you know, that's pretty fast for a first third baseman. And uh, if they let him do, if they let him run a bit, he could get he, ten would be the high end, of course. But I think you're looking at probably twenty and six, mm-hmm. um, and, and with an upside of like twenty five and ten, if, if it's a, like a full scale breakout. So I like Dozier too. I like him in just about every format. Maybe not ten teamer, if you unless you got a nice reserve roster where you can kind of hang on to somebody there. But I, mean, I think twelve and fifteen makes for sure. One of the big things that he's doing right now is his plate skills are amazing. He's uh, mm-hmm. not swinging outside of the zone uh, nearly as much. He's making great contact in the zone, and he's being very selective of what he swings at. Now that That's could, what I like about Dozier. Yeah, and then that could obviously change. But right now, we're seeing you know the increased velocity. I'm sure partially contributed by the uh, by the juice balls, but. That's not a negative, and then you're seeing a a fantastic plate approach. I really like the changes that he uh, is seemingly making, um, and I think now is the time to buy in. Hunter Dozier or Jung Ho Gong? Dozier. Gong Hunter looks Dozier. Awful. He looks positively brutal, and I was excited about him. You know, and I saw what he was doing in in spring. Everything that he hit was a homer or a double, and I'm like, okay, here we go. He's gonna hit the ground running. Nope, mm-hmm. not so much. Um, I'm looking at uh, corners here, so that I'm going to include some first basemen. Um, Hunter Dozier or Brandon Belt? Dozier. Same. Hunter Dozier or Mitch Moreland, who's also a bit on fire himself, but to me has a fire run every year that everyone thinks is going to turn into a breakout and ends up just being a fire run as opposed to any sort of real change. So you know where I'm at. I'm saying Dozier here too, but what do you think about Moreland versus Dozier? That's hard because Moreland's got the better park, the better lineup, but... Better lineup. Maybe not better park, though. That's tough on lefty power. Yeah. Now you can get the doubles, and points league maybe you go you go Moreland because he can just rake doubles into those gaps and off the green monster, but for homers, you, it's I tough. Think, I think you still go Dozier because... If Moreland slows down, you could easily see the Red Sox address that. There's plenty of first exactly. base types out on the trade market, uh, and I mean he's going to see you know platoon work at times to Steve Pierce anyway. So uh, I think yeah, Dozier is probably the right call. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with that as well. So we, we like Hunter Dozier. Uh, it's obviously a hot hot run here. He's not going to stay that hot. But he can be a solid player. I think something like a 260, 20 to 25 homers. Ooh, Chris Davis just went yak. Get you one, Chris. boy. Wait, wait. I was, oh. oh. <laughs> yeah, that, that, Chris, that Davis. Chris Davis. Uh-huh. I was rooting for him, man. I was, I was glad. And I loved, I loved that he asked for the ball. That's amazing. That is like to, That's good. For him to have, like, the sense of humor yes. about him, uh, about himself and – 
Uh, I mean, $180 million helps that, I'm sure. sure. But uh, nobody wants to – like money doesn't make you f- – like, I, I, you know, there was a good SI article on him from last year when he was sucking – to almost a similar degree and he sounded like a broken man dude and you just you feel bad for somebody he doesn't want to be garbage no no one wants he had to no suck. idea what was what was doing it and yeah so i i was actively rooting for him this week and i'm glad he got that and he just went yak town here for his first uh homer of the year so i'm just bummed I'm, that i never got to use him for 500 dollars on fanduel that was that was pretty fun. It was messed up, Fanduel. That was messed up, but it was pretty. I I, t- I tweeted a screenshot. I'm like, that's cold, Fanduel, and they it liked was it. very cold. But it was, <laughs> it was, it was funny. I mean, at, at that point, I mean, look what he was, look what he was doing. But uh, yeah, hopefully he's coming out of it, can build some confidence, and uh, you know, be be solid. Like, doesn't you know, he's not going to get back to his heights. Uh, Chris Davis isn't, but. If he can be like a, you know, just go back to 2017 when he was a 96 WRC plus, like that's fine. You live in a 96 to 106 range, mm-hmm. you know, where you're basically treading around average. That's fine. But when you're like worst player in the league, that's 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 a tough scene. And not even close. Like it, yeah. Oh it's... yeah, it was especially when you factor in price. You know, what what they're paying to get him as well. That that's what makes. And how it long so is tough. that contract? It's I mean it's. It, goes like on 15 more years no i'm just kidding it is it feels like that it's obviously the rest of this year at 23 mil and then three more 23 mils oh my god it's rough that's, dude it's that's freaking brutal and oh it, no but it's it, <laughs> it it's deferred money too so they're gonna be paying him like 17 million dollars through the length of the contract and then they pay him uh 3.5 mil uh, until 2032 and then 1.4 million until 2037. Oh my God! So it's gonna be one of those it's Chris Davis Day type of things, like the Bobby Bonilla thing. <laughs> Love it. That's Love it. 18 years away. Good, good for him though. Good for him keeping those checks coming even long after he's yeah, retired. Yeah, that's smart. That's what I would be doing. Um, yeah, deferred you know, it's money, obviously baby. it's like the, the deferred money is like okay. You talk about okay, what about inflation or whatever? But I, I I like the idea of getting that you know just keeping those checks coming in. So even if things go sideways, you know you're mm-hmm. going to get that that money every year there for uh, for Chris Davis and his family. But uh, anyway, let's move on. We briefly mentioned him when we were talking about Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Freddie Galvis, dude, home runs of a plenty, and this this is the type of player that tells us it's back to 2017. I think mm-hmm. because this is the kind of guy. That you know was hitting. You're not 20 banking bombs. on. <laughs> yeah, these are, these these are the freaking guys that were hitting 20 bombs in 2017. Now he only hit 12 and he played every game. Uh, he he had actually he has a 20 homer season on his ledger. So this isn't completely out of nowhere. He's shown some punch. 20, 12, 13 the last three years, and he's basically a full season player. Mm-hmm. Um, 162 each of the last two years, and 158 during the uh, 20 homer season. So he's got some punch to his bat. But it's always come with uh, pretty poor slash lines. It's basically just been voluming and voluming the league to death. Uh, new word there for you for Freddie Galvis. And so I wonder, are you putting any stock in this year? Because he's been 74, 80, 85 WRC plus. This year he's smacking the ball 188 uh, WRC plus with five homers. Obviously, a 24 homer to fly ball rate is not going to continue. We're seeing no difference in the plate skills. In fact, the strikeout and walk rates are slightly worse. And the swinging strike rate is is a, a good bit worse, going from 12 to 16%. Are you seeing anything here from a 29-year-old tw- uh, th- Freddie Galvis 
that gives you any interest to pay uh, what uh, what leagues were paying. Let's see what 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 the highest pay was. Uh, fifty seven was the highest. Only three teams picked him up this week. In, That's uh, I picked him up last week for one dollar. Hey! Oh, there you go. Nice, nice play. Yeah, because these were optimized though. Fifty seven against forty six. 48 against 43, and even the 41 against 22. It's a little high, but nothing nothing that you're you're freaking out about. So where are you on Freddie Gowis? You picked him up last week for a dollar. A dollar I'm in. Anything too crazy, I would, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't be there. But none of these were crazy prices. 57 out of a thousand budget. What can he really do? Can he can he eclipse his 20 homers from 16? I think he can. I think one, the 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 juice balls is in his favor. He also uh, has changed not just his plate approach, but his swing mechanics, uh, Ben Palmer over at PitcherList.com did a great article uh, a few days ago on this. Oh, I didn't, I didn't, I hadn't gotten to the batted ball profile. Thirty-seven to forty-nine percent fly ball rate. Yeah, and it, this oh, is this oh. is a change in his swing uh, that is leading to this. So okay, okay, this, this isn't like something where uh, you know he. I mean, he is obviously selling out a little bit for power, but. Uh, this is this is a change in his approach and a change in his mechanics. Uh, so I think this is obviously I don't think he's hitting like thirty home runs, but I think there's a pretty good chance, considering his defense, that he could hit twenty. See, that's the thing. He's going to play every mm-hmm. single day for Freddie Galvis because he's just a defensive stalwart, and that was something that you know I I kept mentioning with like the Strowmans and the Sanchez I didn't like any of the other defense though so I still couldn't quite get on board with them but at least they had a capable shortstop um now will they let him run I feel like Toronto doesn't run that much he's been a double digit guy 3 of the last 4 years cuz if you can go 20 and 10 now all of a sudden there is some appeal there the hard part is his sprint speed is down Okay. So okay. I don't know. And he's never been that sm- that that sharp on the bases. He was yeah. eight of fourteen last year. Fourteen of nineteen is is not that that great of a rate. Oh, actually, seventy four percent. That's better. I, I I can't do math in my head. I'm very stupid. <laughs> so um, I didn't know that that was seventy four percent. So last year was his only bad one though. But if the sprint speed is down even further, yeah. his, then- his his speed has been declining over the course of the last three seasons. Uh, which is you know a bit surprising to see it drop as far as it has, because uh, I mean he's not even the top fifty percent of the league. In terms he's beating of... up that body playing above mm-hmm. sixty two a year though, so maybe that's kind of one of the casualties there yeah. is that the speed starts to uh, tick away for a Freddie Galvis type. But I mean he is barreling the ball right now. Exit velocity exactly. is up, but it's up three percent, which would seem like a lot, but. I almost I like I, I I obviously haven't sat down to like really crunch the numbers. I wonder if everybody's getting like three percent or three miles yeah, an hour on their at, uh, on, on their yeah, exit velocity right now. League wide changes and kind of compare it to that. But you're in on this. Uh, are you in on this in twelve teamers as like a middle or even a, uh, not least, a starting shortstop? At least right? for it's, right now. Yeah, ride it. Yeah, why not? And maybe it does continue through the season. But right now he's got. Uh, a 448 Woba, so which is in the top like five percent of the league, I believe. So it, like he he's bearing the ball. Uh, the what the the MLB average right now for for barrel percentage is six point one percent. His barrel percentage is fourteen percent. So he is seeing the ball Jeez, extremely well and hitting out it out of his mind. Yeah, just hitting it hard and uh, so. 
you've got to just ride it out and hope that it continues. Uh, you jump off. You start seeing these numbers really start to take a dip, and you just you just jump off and you go grab the next guy. But uh, this was something I noticed uh, last week when I was kind of going through the guys who were going <laughs> to replace Scooter Jeanette for me. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and Galvis was a guy that really stood out as uh, – having made an interesting change to his, uh, his batting profile. And I'm glad, uh, the, that Ben's article, uh, again, Ben Palmer over at, at pitcher list, uh, wrote, and, uh, there's some great gifts in there too, uh, kind of backed it up for me. So I'm glad I, I pulled the trigger a week early. Freddie Galvis or Colton Wong? Another hot Galvis. starter. Okay. That's I, interesting. I, I just think that Galvis has the clearest and most consistent path to playing time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Freddie Galvis or Chris Taylor? Galvis. Freddie Galvis or Cesar Hernandez? Hernandez. And then Freddie Galvis or Jonathan Scope? Mm-hmm. Scope. Okay. That's hard, though. Yeah, that one's that one's tough. That one's tough. Um, but yeah, Freddie Gallus smacking the hell out of the ball. Take a look at him. Let's keep moving on here. Uh, let's let's do a little combo here. A little combo Orioles. Your boy Renato Nunez <laughs> was a pickup, and uh, and and Dwight Smith Jr. I don't see him on the list. I included him because as I was making. Oh yeah, no, there he is. I was looking for Junior, but they just have him as Dwight Smith. He was picked up in eight leagues, and Renato was picked up in seventeen leagues. Um, Renato went as high as 107, uh, but yeah, I put Dwight. Oh, so did Dwight Smith. They both went for 107 at their high. Now, um, yeah, right as I was making the list, Dwight Smith hit a homer, so that's why I put him on on the list as well. <laughs> both these Orioles, you know, you've already expressed your your love for Renato Nunez. Now he's starting to heat up a bit. Another very uh, non-optimized bid. 107 was that high. Runner up was six. Ouch. Oh, that hurts. 88 to 31, 88 to 19, another a pair of unoptimized ones, uh, 57 to 8 as well. So the, the top four who got Renato Nunez, it did not go well. The next guy was 35 to 25, though. That that works. You're, you're cool with that. And then as far as Dwight Smith Jr. goes, let's see, the eight teams got him. The 107, there were two 107s. Uh, by the same person in different leagues, Schaefer, whoever that is, um, backed it up with a 58 and 52. So better, but not quite as quite as good. Oh, he was the same guy on Nunez at 107. That's his favorite bid. So if you're in a league with this Schaefer guy, mm-hmm. whoever this is, I don't know if this is some like uh, main event stud that I don't know. I apologize if I, if I should know you and I don't. How do you but, not uh, know Mr. Schaefer? But he know, he loves 107 bids. So if you, there's someone you really like for the week that you don't think is going to be top of the top of the heap, but Schaefer could use him, go 108 and you'll get him uh, for the most perfectly optimized bid. But uh, talk to me about where you're at with Nunez now uh, after professing your love preseason, and then Dwight Smith Jr. What do you think about both these guys as far as mixed league plays? Like Dwight Smith Jr. I think we talked about him a couple weeks ago, and we mentioned like. He was worth kind of a flyer because 
Uh, <laughs> Top of the lineup, and he was playing. And of course, I just pulled up Dwight Smith on Fangraphs. Yeah, because he was. You're good at that. You always pull up Papa Tatis, too. Yeah, no, I, I, I do Luis, the wrong Luis Castillo, the wrong Jose <laughs> Ramirez. Uh, I am awful at our own site, but <laughs> they put the years there. That's like the that's. Like I know, the but off. I'm trying to click fast, and I I I'm impatient. Uh, so, uh, Smith is interesting, like you mentioned, and we mentioned he was earlier in the season he was platooning at the number two spot, uh, and now they're just giving him free reign, mm-hmm. and he's been very good. Uh, you know, hitting two fifty nine, two home runs, two stolen bases, can kind of do a little bit of everything. It's uh, higher now too. He hit the third, the third homer today. He's one for four mm-hmm. with two more ribbies and the third homer. Yeah, so I'm. Uh, I mean, I think there's a there's an obvious chance like the bottom falls out on him. Like I'd never heard of this guy before. <laughs> I remember him from Toronto, but not as anything. You know, AL only somebody who could be like a double double guy, like a like a thirteen thirteen kind of guy. But with full scale playing time. You can push that volume up, and maybe he's like a 17-17 type, and that plays even if he's hitting like 240. But he has been um, in his short enough. Yeah, in his short major league career, only 167 plate appearances. He has hit 280 with a 347 OBP. But even in the minors, let me see what uh, Dwight Smith Jr.'s minor league line is. It is 268. 44 402 so yeah if you know if a full season brings him down closer to the 250 330 range that still plays if you're getting enough volume as a fifth outfielder um in the homers and steals department so i like him um i like i like dwight smith jr here a bit more than i did coming into the season now nunez was somebody that like i said we talked about you 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 hyped up i bought in i got him in a couple leagues already so i've already been enjoying this uh this little solid run so far he should be getting the full scale playing time he's got a couple homers has your outlook changed at all on him are you still just pounding the drum for renato uh i mean i'm i'm right kind of where i was to begin the season with him which is i think he is an underrated power source yes and in camden yards uh and on this orioles team where uh there isn't a whole lot of competition He's been full-time DH pretty much. Yeah. Uh, 14 out of the 16 games. Uh, Reynaldo Nunez like, is DH. You like the color red. It, he, he's pretty much all red on the you know the StatCast metrics that you want to see, and that's hard, yes. hit, hard hit percentage and exit velocities. 85th percentile for exit velocity, 80th percentile for hard hit uh, percentage. He is barreling the hell out of the ball 10.3% of the time uh, hitting barrels. Uh, I I mean, this is what you want to see. Now, that average is going to be the scary part. Sure. Is he going to hit like, – I don't think he's going to hit 264 the way he's doing right now. Uh, but I do think there's a chance he could hit like 250, 245, 250, uh, and power out like 25-plus home runs. I was going to say, could Renato Nunez with the, with the juice ball situation here, could he pop 30? Oh, yeah, for sure. He's definitely got the power to do it. As a full timer, I'm thinking, uh, yeah. you know, not? with with where we're at, they're here. running out Chris Davis in his 180, you know, batting average. So hey, we were just being nice to him. Leave him alone for a minute. Well, not no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so why wouldn't they just run out a 25 year old 
uh, Renato Nunez who can power the ball out and his his biggest issue uh, is going to be contact as well at times. So, but right now he's making great contact, and so, so can he. Can he be in the 2019 analog of 2017 Adam Duvall, who hit 31 homers, uh, only walked 6%, only and struck out 26%, hit 249, 301, 480, but popped 31 yaks? Yes, he could easily do that. I think he could be better right. than that. I think if you need punch... I think you go. You still get Renaudius because he's not. He's not on every league. He's definitely going to be available again. And if he has a big week, he'll. He, so this could be his his uh, his pre Vogelbach. Not saying he's going to go hit five homers in five minutes or whatever. But Vogelbach was picked up in a bunch of leagues last week. Then had his big week and then kind of completed it this week. Nunez picked up in a bunch of leagues this week. If he goes out and does well, I think they play seven games, which you know. It is worth mentioning these days, by the way, we've talked about schedule. We're going to keep hampering that uh, because it's such a big or uh, it's such a big point this year with like the five game schedules for so many teams seemingly every week. He's got seven games that could give him a really strong week for Reynaldo Nunez. So I could see him getting purchased in even more leagues next year. So I like him as well. And Dwight Smith Jr., if you're looking for more of a power speed fifth outfielder type, he could be your answer there. Uh, let's move on. Well, last last hitter here as a catcher too, perhaps Josh Fegley. I remember he used to get hype. He used to be a prospect way back when, but uh, he used to get hype as a power guy. But he could only beast on lefties. He used to be like a, a fun DFS play because he would he would smoke lefties. Well, their catching situation is Oakland in Oakland has turned to the point where he's pretty much the full timer at this point. Yeah, and uh, he's actually uh, jumped up against righties. He's got. Uh, all three of his homers and a 921 OPS against them in a tiny sample is Josh Fegley somebody that you're interested in for your C2. He is and I wish I'd gotten him in the main event and I was uh I think the second highest bidder um which was What what was your bid? I bid 31. Let me see if I can find you. Uh, was 44 the bid? The 44 was the bid. Uh, Uptown baby NYC. Yep. Yeah. Um that was, you know, it's pretty optimized there. Now he went mm-hmm. in 29 leagues. That's the third most. Uh, Dozier was 31, and then a pitcher we'll oh, get to here. A lot, a lot of people lost uh, Gary Sanchez this week, like I did. Oh yeah, there you go. So, that's exactly that's exactly right. And I, I was looking to replace uh, uh, Martin Maldonado. Uh, also lost out on him in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational to Max Freeze. Uh, a forty-nine dollar bid. Uh, I I bid thirty-five. Uh, but I ended up with our boy Blake Swihart. I like which, it, which I was like a it. nice little uh, consolation prize. So, uh, I'm right now. Catch the catching landscape is just atrocious. It's weird. It's weird. We could have never. For, yeah, uh, it's it's like we, we didn't see this coming at all. Apparently. <laughs> well, they cut it. <laughs> You know, with with Sanchez getting hurt, that cuts such a massive leg out. He was mm-hmm. one of the two, and that he was, was just at, starting to get it going. Like hit three yep. home runs in a game. He was uh, on fire. Yeah, he was absolutely lighting it up. And yeah, catcher is an even bigger wasteland than we could have anticipated. And all we talked about was how god awful it, it was. was. Yeah, and but, it's actually yeah. worse. At least Wilson Contreras is getting back on track, and Grandal's. Mm-hmm. You know, I wish really I'd gotten more shares of, of Contreras. I really, I really missed the boat on on getting a number of those shares. Uh, I got him. I felt I, I, he was a target. He was a, he was a target in lane um, as a bounce back, and so I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. But yeah, so Fegley, 
playing a ton makes for a viable C2. If it, if it turns and he, and he's, you know, stops hitting righties or pick up the they, next guy for him. Yeah. Yeah. They pick up or they bring up like Sean Murphy and start taking away his time. Fine. But I think you got to write it right concern, now. Especially yes. with, uh, we're coming up on that, that magical date in which everybody's defense gets better, uh, in the minor <laughs> leagues. So, uh, you're going to start seeing prospects Oof. coming up. Uh, and Sean Murphy is a ready prospect, a catching prospect, uh, in, in AAA right now. So uh, I would expect him to be up at some point. Uh, so I'm not super bummed I missed out on him because I think more than likely teams are going to have to replace him pretty quick. But Sure, but but ride it while you can. And, sure. you know, if you had paid the, your 31 or even if you'd been the 44 in your league, like that's not a terrible price to get a few weeks of hopefully some decent catching there. Uh, so that's going to be the hitters. Let's talk. Let's talk about some pitchers here. Tuki Toussaint was the guy I kept hinting at with uh, with regards to Sean Newcomb. Never heard he of him. is going to be the replacement. There was there was definitely some love for Tuki. Um, I know there was some frustration too because a lot of folks drafted him. Obviously, he didn't get a spot. He goes he gets sent down. So he was one of those draft and then get cut and then you see your guy come back up two weeks and that's always painful mm-hmm. when you when you when you have to suffer through that. He went for a high of three thirteen. So there was definitely some love, and it was pretty optimized. Two eighty-two, like that's, well, that's, that's yeah, it's pretty good, really good right there. And then uh, in one league, the second league, he went for three hundred one. It was only one thirty-three. That guy cut Sean Newcomb, so he was making the one-for-one one move right there. Couple of two thirty-threes, couple of one eighty-nines. So you know, a lot, lot of all but five of the uh, what did I say twenty-two. For Tuki or twenty six, all but five were triple digits. So there was a lot of love for Tuki Toussaint this this week. Give me your outlook on him. He's obviously taking Sean Newcomb's role. Gets a start against Arizona this week. Can he? What? What? what no. Of course he can be. What is the likelihood that he becomes a fantasy asset as a starter that you need in every league? Oh man, this is hard because I really like Tuki. And I have uh, a lot of hope that he's going to turn into a fantasy starter, uh, but I I don't I don't understand these bids. <laughs> they just they have too much depth uh, in that uh, in the minor le- upper levels of the minors. Uh, mm. Fulton Evich is coming back here in a few days. He's I think supposed to be back so on the twentieth, uh, and. It's not like uh, Wright has been god awful. So yeah. and uh, the original when they when they originally brought up Tuki, it was to work out of the bullpen, and then Newcomb was so bad they just decided to send Newcomb down. And uh, I have a feeling like this could be one start, and then Tuki moves back to the bullpen. Oh my goodness! You and paid three hundred dollars for yeah, that. Yeah, and so that's and, and I could be completely Unless wrong. He yeah, I mean he could go out there and just shove. And they they and they go okay. Well, we're gonna keep running them out there until, uh, but they've had a quick hook on these guys. I mean, Bryce Wilson yep. got no no love like in terms like, and he was the one where I was like, well, he he feels the safest. Yeah, um, remember? Yeah, we were saying that about him between uh, Bryce Wilson and Kyle Wright. We're like, well, you know, Wright's really really the high end, but uh, Wilson's just gonna be a solid you know mid rotation kind of guy. Boom, gone. And I, I'm I'm with you on this this Tukey outlook. Like, I'm nervous on this. If I, I wouldn't be putting down the 300, just because 
I don't know. I, st- I still worry that he is uh, an eventual reliever. Hey, he's this, nasty. This is how confident I was in Tuki Tucson. In the main event, I, uh, I, I put a $1 bid on him, and I had eight guys prioritized ahead of him. Dang. Eight pitchers. I picked up two pictures this week. I picked up uh, uh, Sandia uh, 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 Alcantara and uh, Keone Kella. Okay. Like that. I I I was and I you know I spent thirty three bucks though zero bid second the runner up. Uh, (laughs) Ouch. I I, I just Um, and then three bucks on Kella. I just like the interesting thing about Tuki is like you know the guy he replaced. Is a walk monster? Is he not like kind of a right-handed version of that, where he walks too many guys and and like that's the problem? I don't Third know. Pitch, I just man, it's and I yeah. love Tuki. Like I I love Tuki. I talked I talked him up during the preseason. I think he's he, nasty. I think he has got a bright future somewhere. Yes. In in, in you know within the organization, whether it's uh, I think they should make him the closer. Honestly, that's what I'm saying. That, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Maybe that's kind of the fallback, and maybe if some folks are saying, okay, if he doesn't start, but here's the thing: if he doesn't start, but if if it's because he got trounced, are they going to put him in a ninth inning role? I don't. So, by the way, Dwight Smith, another double man, dude, dude's on fire. <laughs> uh, or good luck charm for him. So I don't know. You know, I could be wrong on this, and in, in the pitching landscape, the way it is, I understand having to be aggressive. But 300 just felt so aggressive for somebody who still hasn't shown. That he can avoid walks and and really you know command the zone with any regularity for Tuki Tucson. So I I love the raw talent and I'd love to be wrong because it'd be fun to watch him beast. But I I went into it a little bit more cautiously. I'm with you. I was not uh, ready to go in and go full bore. I, I was I was really surprised uh, by the by the uh, the the bidding because he went for 122 bucks in my league. Um, he was gone in our main. I think he went. Uh, a couple weeks before, maybe. I want to say someone dropped him last. Yeah, someone dropped him last week for Kyle Wright. Oh, there you go. And so. that, you know, that's um, that's what's been happening though too. Is that we have been seeing, um, we have been seeing guys, you know, or a guy like uh, Tuki Toussaint already be on a roster and then get cut. And so, of course, people are going back to the well, and that's always tough. Like, how much do you put on him? Because you ju- you just had him, and I just oh, that's got to be so painful. To I want to I want to make like a little rolling graph of all the guys that are like picked up one week and dropped the next. Yes, it's like Romel exactly. got dropped in my league this week. Well, I know um, Jeff runs a lot of that sort of stuff. Like he highlights guys who have been cut and things like that. By the way, Tuki was drafted and held, so the guy in my main. Drafted him in the 29th, his second to last pick, and 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 wrote it out. Who, who so is the, it? Uh, stage is is his name. Some something stage. I don't know. It just says stage. Mm-hmm. I, so. I recognize the name, but uh, yeah, uh, I, I'm 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 hopeful, uh, but I don't have any at least any regular shares. Hmm. Yeah, um, I, I don't need. Sorry, I was I was distracted by looking at uh, Stage's team here. But yeah, so I don't know. I, I think it's just kind of an up in the air thing about Tuki. I, I do hope he does well. I'll be rooting for him, even though I don't have him, just because he's a fun pitcher to watch. Now, the guy who went the most leagues was indeed <laughs> Jordan Lyles. Thirty-two leagues picked him up. 
And uh, that's another one that I was able to get. And I cut Kyle Wright for him, $34 against a $23 bid. I'm kind of in on Jordan. Well, obviously, I went and got him. But I'm, I'm, I'm in on this. Uh, he went for a high of 166, not optimized. 76 was the backup. And then down to 88 for the second highest, although that was against 25. So that wasn't very optimized. I want to be in the league where he went for $3. Although I didn't bid $3, so I don't know how that would work. But I am fascinated by these because you can look at all of them. And it's like, you know, he went as high as 166 and as low as 3. Tukey went as high as 313 and as low as, well, his low was only 75. But it's like, damn, Lyles went for – these are all main events. These are all 15-team main events. How the hell did he go for three? But, hey, congratulations to that guy. But uh, I, I kind of believe in, in some of what he's been doing here. Uh, he's really leaned into his curveball, and that's been, a, that's been a big deal for Jordan Lyles. He amped it up last year to some success, and uh, he's gone next level again this year. He went from – like an eight nine percent pitch to twenty percent last year, up to twenty nine percent. Or excuse me, I had that trajectory wrong. Eight nine percent for a while, twenty percent in seventeen, twenty nine percent last year, thirty three percent this year. He's just he's really leaning in into his curveball, and it's working. You know, he's missing bats at at his best clip by far. Uh, his walk rate's a little high at at nine and a half. You know, ten percent. Um, nothing that I'm freaking out there. Obviously, riding a killer Babbitt at 200, that's why he has a .82 whip. That's not going to last. But I think Jordan Lyles can build on his 411 ERA from last year. I think he can be more of like a 360 kind of guy, and I'll take that um, out there in Pittsburgh. Nice park to pitch in. I think he's going to miss bats and um, and put up decent ratios. So I was happy to get him at 34 bucks. What do you think of Jordan Lyles in Pittsburgh? Well, I picked him up in the first week of the season in Tout NL. Hey! I see you. And I did it just because I needed a starter. Hey. Like sometimes, I, sometimes you just lock into things, right? Sometimes necessity, yeah, just happens to be the reason that you get in. You know, weren't necessarily targeting mm-hmm. the guy or whatever, but you made the move. Well done. Uh, so there are some interesting things. Uh, he is, like you said, using that uh, – uh, using that curveball more. There are other things that are a little bit concerning, like how much he's putting the ball in the air. Uh, that being said, I think Pittsburgh uh, being his home park will help mitigate some of the, the amount of that he's putting the ball in the air. Uh, the strikeouts Certainly. in that last game was just unbelievable. He was just making Cubs hitters look silly. Um, so I'll be interested to see kind of what he looks like in his third time out. Uh, because he's obviously a mix between what we saw in the two starts, but I think he is a guy that could potentially be a, like you said, a, a mid threes, mid to high threes ERA guy. So like three, six, three, seven, three, eight, mm-hmm. uh, and like a 25%, 26% K rate. Yeah, that's a strikeout per inning. Yeah, with a decent whip. You know, nothing, nothing crazy. I don't think he's gonna totally changed stats. But I think Jordan Lyles is somebody that has to be on a roster, probably in twelve teamers too. The landscape of pitching right now is such that I think even in your twelve teamers, you you want to have Jordan Lyles. So I was happy to get him. Uh, you already had him in the league. Did he go in your main? He did, uh, and he went for forty four bucks. Uh, the runner up. I mean, this was an optimized. Uh, optimized bid forty four bucks runner up forty bucks. Uh, Holy by, smokes! Uh, one of our listeners, uh, 
who came up, uh, his name's Scott, came up and introduced him, uh, himself uh, to me at the main event. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's the one who sniped uh, Paul DeJong from me. Or Paul he, also, <laughs> he also got him for 41 in, in his Las Vegas draft. Um, Scott did mm. for, uh, for Jordan Lyles. He got him for 41. Not quite as optimized. It was 41 to 23 versus the 44 to 40. But uh, yeah, nice prices that he's paying there. And like I said, I ended up paying, um, what did I say? Uh, 34? Yeah, 30, 34 against 23. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. Uh, all right, a couple more guys here. Moving on to my sheet. Pardon me. Tyler Molly, out in Cincinnati. Somebody I had some love for a few years back. Eno turned me on to mm-hmm. Tyler Molly, and he's still on and, him. Yeah, and uh, you know, seemingly with good reason so far. He's been great in two starts. You know, he really just uh, kind of hit the low end of his outcomes last year. It just didn't really work out. He ended up with a 4.98 ERA, and I just think that that was. Like I said, kind of the low end of of his range of outcomes, as opposed to you know we were seeing some of the high end stuff uh, at different parts of the year. But he ended up getting beat up a few too many times. So far this year, he's looked good. Now he's one of the few guys. You know, we talk about all these guys breaking out. Oh, so many of them go away from their fastball or dial it dial it down. He's a fastball guy. His fastball is really good. He's added a tick of velocity. He's throwing it 69% of the time, which is very nice. (laughs) And that's driving him. But a big key is he's gone from slider to curveball. Now, I don't know if it's a classification thing or not, uh, but it is a slower breaking ball, whatever it is. He had an 83-mile-per-hour slider that he used 20% of the time. This year it's a 23% 81-mile-per-hour curveball. Either way, he's only two pitches, and that's kind of the problem. Eight percent uh, split finger change, you know, that's right there on the cusp. It's, it's basically still a show me pitch. What can Tyler Molly do f- for the year? Can he be somebody that's mixed league viable? I think he will have a hard time being mixed league viable uh, outside uh, of like two start weeks. Or yeah, I think he's yeah. Like, when I say mixed league viable, I mean like. Kind he's staying on your roster, not kind it. of yeah. like a guy you pick up when he's got some good starts coming up or, uh, like I said, two starts a week. He's given up a lot of hard contact, okay, uh, which is uh, a bit scary, uh, especially being kind of a, mainly just a two-pitch guy. So I'm, I'm worried that, especially in Cincinnati, that's going to lead to quite a few home runs. Well, that's what happened last year. Yeah, uh, with, with Tyler Molly at 1.8 homer per nine rate, and that's exactly the problem. Now, I will say at least it's the ground ball rate mm-hmm. has amped up for him to from 39 percent to 54 percent. So that hard contact, if it stays on the ground, it can still hurt you. It can go for hits, but if it's not going for homers, I definitely take that trade off. And not only is the ground ball rate kind of ticked up it's been consistent over the first two starts. So it's not like one game he was getting all the balls on the ground and the next game he wasn't. Uh, It's been consistent. So that's something to kind of continue to watch. Uh, That defense is pretty decent behind him. So Mm -hmm. especially up the middle with uh, Iglesias playing short and uh, Peraza moving over to second. So uh, that could be a recipe for success for him for at least – uh, right now, I think right now you just ride the hot streak and uh, hope it, it, it continues. But I think that there is going to be a crashing down to earth at some point. 
yeah, you just you got to be careful. Maybe spot spot him properly. He's going to be away from home for for two games this week, but it's uh, at the Dodgers and at the Padres. And of course, the Padres aren't the walkover anymore. You know, no, it, they're not. Previous years, you'd be happy to get that second one. Now it's too difficult NL West clubs for Tyler. Molly. I'd still start him. I would too. And you know, it's that test. If you got a guy on your roster and you can't start him for two starts, you should cut him. I mean, the Dodgers what, have lost what six of their last seven. Coors Hangover, baby. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, they went. They went in the Coors. I mean, I don't know if that's that's, nah, that's not, not a thing. obviously not all that. Oh, you don't think it's a thing? <laughs> well, I mean, it absolutely is a thing. All right. Yeah, it probably it is. absolutely is a thing. Because I mean, it's it, definitely it definitely is, is, is when spring, they win. Is it spurring their six game losing streak? I don't. No, that, no, I, I think it's more for the Rockies. I was I was being more tongue in cheek with regards to a team going in there f- yeah. for a three game set. But with the Rockies, when they have a ten game homestand and then they have to oh, go. Oh, for sure, yeah, that is road. definitely a thing. But and, and you know they play eighty one there. But yeah, so um, you know I think Molly can be solid here. It is two difficult opponents, but give him a shot here, especially if you picked him up. It, again, if you can't start a guy for a two start, for the most part, you just need to cut him. There are some extenuating circumstances, but for the most part, that should be your litmus test. That's why I cut some Reynaldo Lopez shares because I didn't feel confident starting him. I kept him in one <laughs> league, and I am riding his that's, that, that's, carts out. Yeah, that, that's not going well. It's really not. Uh, all right, last guy. I was only picked up in five leagues like Molly, but I, I want to get your thoughts on him. Uh, Nick Margavicious. I think I got that right, at least according to uh, baseball reference. I, I kind of lean on them. If you guys got something that's different that you know to be correct, let me know. But it's I'm gonna call Margavicious. Margie. Okay, mm-hmm. that works. That's a nice little nickname there. But uh, he's been strong in three starts. Soft tossing guy doesn't really do a whole lot. You know, for as great as their farm system is, uh, he wasn't talked about. You know, it's it's the Chris Paddocks, it's the Logan Allens, it's the Adrian Morions, the Mackenzie Gore, et cetera, et cetera. No one really talking about Nick Mark Vicious, uh, 22-year or excuse me, 23-year-old. He was in high A last year uh, and A ball. He had a great season uh, across the two, or a pretty solid season, I should say. But he was 22. Like that's you know that's age versus level type of thing. And uh, but he you know and didn't walk anybody. Got his strikeouts. So they say you know what, you're old enough. We're gonna put you in the majors. We're gonna jump you right up. He's holding his own so far. 167 Babbitt has 0% chance to hold. Uh, like I said, <laughs> throws 88. I know, crazy, right? 8% swinging strike rate. He does have a 50% ground ball rate. 98% left on base rate. So obviously this 169 nice ERA and .63 whip is not going to come close to holding. But what can Nick Margovich do from this point on? Like, What would be an outlook that you see for him and, and is there any viability to Nick Markovich? Oh, this is a very interesting question because uh, you said he was picked up in three leagues, five at, or in five leagues. So is that like main event leagues or just in general? Oh, yeah. Those, no. All, um, since I did the 200, whatever, I went straight to main events after that. So all these numbers okay. since that first number have been main events. So it's been five. I picked him up in the great fantasy baseball invitational. All right. Let me see how many TGFBIs old Mar- Margie was actually second highest pickup in, in uh, Fegley was in 16 and Margavicious was in 12 main events. That was uh, the second most picked up player this week. 
So, and the reason I picked him up is because he's got a home start for the Rockies on Tuesday. Hey, uh, I'll and... take it. P- pretty optimized, by the way. 51 to 32, I'll take that. That was me, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, it, uh, I, uh, I f- one, I was getting Miguel Castro's awful ass off my roster <laughs> uh, after speculating on him for saves, which was just stupid. Um, his 12 ERA last week, but... Uh, yes. I think he just saved the game today. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. I, I think it was him. I mean, he was 42, so who the hell oh. knows? But, uh, oh, no, it was uh, two. It was not. It was not a safe situation because they ended up blowing it out. But he was. He did. Okay. He closed it. He finished the game. He did not save it. But he did uh, finish it. There. That would have been would... so funny. Anyway, sorry. Nick Markovich is continuing. That, that would have been very, very angering for me. Uh, so, uh, yeah. I, he's not going to continue this. He's he's going to get pounded at some point. But he's got his, I think, next two starts are at home. Uh, though, I mean, one is against the Mariners next week. So we'll, Sure. Uh, but are they coming back to earth after the uh, Houston series? Or was it just a Houston buzz? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that I think that uh, that Mariners lineup is pretty, pretty decent. I think, yeah, I, th- I think it's solid. So... Uh, we'll see if I if I use him uh, use him next week or not. But for this week against the Rockies team that my Giants just made look uh, silly, uh, I I'm gonna take this chance that Margie can uh, uh, pull it out. And now we have to remind ourselves like the level of competition uh, that he's faced so far. So he's faced my Giants twice. Uh, and that, that's where yeah, 11 of his 12 strikeouts have come from. <laughs> uh, yeah, he grinded it out at St. Louis. He only allowed the one hit. It was a homer, but only one strikeout. And St. Louis has been truly atrocious against left-handed pitching this year. Um, last I checked, and I'm, du- I'm double-checking it right now, but uh, last I checked, they had a like 82 WRC plus versus left-handed pitching as a team. That's wild too, because they're so righty-heavy. That was the thing everyone kept saying was, "Oh, well, they'll kill lefty." Yep. Currently, but what will they do against righty? A 68 WRC plus. So it's gotten worse. Yikes. Um, since since because I I I, I taught I, I used uh I used him as a streaming candidate or a, or a cheap DFS candidate. Uh, when he went and, uh, so like obviously the level of competition hasn't been there for us to say that uh, like he's he's succeeding at the major league level. This is uh, I think he's obviously you know getting lucky versus uh, the level of competition. His swinging strike rate is barely bigger than mine. Uh, <laughs> he gives up a lot of contact in the zone. Uh, the one thing he does do is issue or uh, kind of induce. A fair amount of soft and medium hard con- or uh, soft and medium contact, uh, and he gets a lot of ground balls, which that defense behind him with Tatis uh, and uh, uh, Urias up the middle, um, and, and Machado, and Machado third, at third has, yeah. is is really good. So, I think part of this is sustainable, but I think it's more of like a four ERA. Okay. Uh, but right now, like I'm, I'm kind of just starting him in 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 uh spot starts margovich does not walk people either he and he not. didn't he doesn't in the he didn't in the minors no. and again you gotta do the age He's to like level sort of the poor but... man's chris paddock yeah <laughs> very <laughs> poor Home, homeless person's chris paddock uh you know given his stuff but you know a four era 
if that's what he is from this point forward, as opposed to bringing his bottom line to four, which would mean he gets shellacked a bunch to get there. But if he's a four from this point on for Nick Margovicius, that's not terrible. And if you curate him to where you avoid some of the bad ones, like you don't send him into cores on your fantasy team and everything, then maybe you can squeeze out like a three and a half ERA perhaps. So, And, and I think he's one of those guys that when you watch him pitch, you go, man, this guy isn't really that special. But uh, it works. But part of it is he he, he throws four pitches. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of them are bad. And and he's left-handed, which allows his 88-mile-an-hour fastball to kind of be usable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think he gets – I think people aren't – and also he has Austin Hedges catching for him, which is a big yep. deal. It's a kitchen um, sink type of deal. It is. It's totally a kitchen sink, but it's hard to guess what he's going to throw next. And I think yep. he's going to keep hitters off balance and induce that weak contact in, in those ground balls because people don't know what he's going to do on any given pitch. Yeah. No, I, I think it's I think it's a good call there. Um, and I, I certainly don't mind the pickup, again, hit, hitting on the fact that the pitching landscape has been so tough. you got to go for some of these guys that you, you know it's not going to continue at this level, but if he can give you some quality innings um, and, and just kind of you know grind out some Ws, which you wouldn't normally say for somebody on the Padres, but this year's Padres are a bit different. So Nick Margovicius can go his five or six innings, turn it over to a decent bullpen, and hopefully pull some dubs. So It's really uh, interesting, this Padres team, because – I mean, what we were saying before the start of the season is that, well, the offense could be interesting, but, man, that rotation's really bad. Now, I mean, Laura hasn't been very good since uh, that first start, but, like, I think Lucchese's going to bounce back tonight. I like, agree. I, I've got him as a play. Paddock's been decent. Strom should bounce back. Like, Paddock's this, great. Strom, Strom bounced back. Uh, uh, and so, Margie has been yeah, great. Yeah, so, like, this is a rotation that actually could threaten – for a playoff spot, I think, uh, with the offense. I had them on the fringes there, yeah. ready to, uh, to 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 maybe go for a wild card spot. You know, Strom has 10 innings of one run ball. Well, two runs, but only one of them earned since that brutal opener. And so, uh, yeah, and you mentioned the rest of it. It's been pretty good, and they have a good bullpen. Uh, Yates and Stammen at the back end are, are really nice. They've got some decent guys on the bridge to get there as well. They do need a lefty. They really could use a lefty. They got this <laughs> Brad Wick, and he hasn't been good, and so they don't really have a lefty reliever. But anyway, that's Nick Margovicius. They have four lefties in their rotation, though, so it is. It usually most nights they're going from the lefty starter into the uh, uh, right-handed heavy bullpen. So that's kind of an interesting mix. But uh, all right, that covers the the big pickups. I, you know, a few other guys there that we could have covered. I picked some of the ones I found more more interesting. You know, ton of guys in that like picked up in five to ten leagues i just kind of pick a handful we can't cover every single one but um i think we went pretty deep yeah i think we did too and so thursday uh we'll obviously cover news notes transaction type of deal but then diving into starting pitcher ranks because mine will be up and yours are already out every week and so we'll be talking about that i will create the uh dfs later today Boom. It'll I'll be make available. sure I get that on the road of write-up and uh, on Facebook and Twitter. Facebook, both Twitters. You can find it. Jump in. We're going 100 again. That definitely worked. Um, and we're going to stick with 100 for a while. But if we start getting messages like, oh, I really wanted to join and I couldn't, if that's you, let, let us know. Because then it tells us that the volume might be there to, to push more than 100. But for now, 
we're going to keep it at that 100 level we right now. We can make now, it so. exclusive. Like, you, you know. You That's got, the thing. You got to get up gotta early. Be ready. Or, well, actually, stay, yeah. up, stay up later. Stay up later. For really. us, yeah. I mean, uh, but, uh, to get in. Because, yeah, yeah uh, I don't want one not to run. There's nothing worse than like, like one not 96 running. people and yeah. then oh god that'd be brutal but i i i feel like putting we put it out early enough and then we can hammer it during the day and and get some of our our dfs friends to retweet it and stuff so i, I think we'll be good on the 100s for a while but yeah i don't want to do like be aggressive do 200 and then we get 138 and yeah. then some 38 people that don't get to do anything so all right justin great talking with you i'll be back with you on thursday take it easy